I'm Gary Sice, and you're listening to the Pelador Podcast. Welcome back to the Pelador Podcast. Mick here, and as always, I'm joined by Ross Trainer. Ross, how are you getting on? I'm very good, Michael. How's yourself? Not bad. So, uh, obviously, we're recording this after the mad weekend provincial finals. There's some serious games, aren't there? Unreal. Like, where, where do you even start? Like, talk about shocks. If you'd uh, pick those four um, semi finalists at the start of 20 or the start of the championship, never mind 2020, you would have got some money on. Well, you probably would have got maybe one, definitely one right, maybe a second right, but the other two, geez, you'd be, you'd be doing well to get those right. I hope no one listened to our prediction pod at the start anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going well. We're not no. going well. <laughs> right, today we are joined by a Cork man who's had success as a player and a manager. Two All-Ireland titles, four Munster medals and three National League titles, as well as two All-Stars as a player. And also one Sam as a manager. Uh, Mr. Conor Cunahan, how are you? Good, good, Mikey. Very good. Yeah, you, you won a couple of things as a, as a player and a manager. Just a few. <laughs> we were lucky enough you know, in the right place at the right time maybe <laughs> obviously Conor we're speaking the day after Cork lost the Munster final to Tipperary and that must be bitterly disappointing yeah look very disappointing but look, I mean, look it's important that we're gracious in defeat I mean you know I think Ross said at the outset there in terms of the the unlikelihood pairings like you know I myself start personally hitting people in the Cork camp you know, felt the tip were going, were going to be tough going because look, the reality is that team is kind of in the making with quite a while. They won an All Ireland minor, were in an under twenty one final, were tipping around, had two great wins against Clare and Limerick coming into that game, and like our lads would be quite young, you know, five or six backs, probably twenty two years of age, kind of a thing, you know. Um, but like. You know, tip of some incredible footballers, and you know we'll see a bit more of them yet this year. And and look, full credit to them. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we they were the better team on the day. We don't have any excuses in the story. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, where where did it go wrong for Cork? Obviously, they had a couple of injuries, Connor, um, and Conley went off injured as well early in the game as well, didn't he? Yeah, look, I suppose they've had a few injuries throughout the year. You know, losing one or two fellas to cruciates and things like that. And but look, in this particular game, yeah, I mean, I suppose uh, uh, prior to the game, Sean Potter obviously cried off with injury, and uh, Luke Connolly went off in at uh, you know at, at half time and that. And but look, that's that's the joys of championship football. You know, you get an hour or seventy minutes to do it, and you have to deliver, and it's the strength and depth that you know is important there. And look, um, you know. Tip were really up for the day, and you, you couldn't take it from them. No, absolutely. I mean, this has been a strange year, Connor, and um, it's hard to judge. It would be fair to judge managers on the progress they're making, but how do you see Cork football is under uh, Ronan McCarthy at the moment in the year they've had? Obviously, it was brilliant to be Kerry, and they got promotion out of Division 3. Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, if, if the outset of the year, if you said we'd get promoted and beat Kerry, you know, you'd be you'd be very happy, as the fellow said. And, and look, I suppose, you know, we're obviously disappointed after yesterday, but look, um, Ronan has, has done a good job. You know, there's a lot of young players introduced to the thing now, good culture within the squad and that sort of thing. So, look, um, uh, you know, I don't know what his situation, uh, you know, whether he's going forward again or not uh, for, for another term or not. But look, um, you know, he's, he's done well in this past 12 months. Mm. You're a project coordinator, am I right in saying, the Cork football? It's a five-year plan. 
just maybe tell us more a little bit more about that, Connor. What does it entail and how's it going? Yeah, I suppose look, this kind of came about, you know, uh, at a time I suppose when Cork were relegated to Division Three, people felt within the county that football was in a bad way. So a number of people, myself included, got together and put uh, together a report that would address, I suppose, the issues, you know, uh, as to the causes as to why Cork was in the state it was in. And and I suppose, look, that was root and branch, you know, clubs, former managers, former players, current players, all the stakeholders had an interest in it. Uh, and I suppose the plan came out at the end of that. And, and I suppose it's, it's my role to ensure that the plan happens. Um, Aidan O'Connell is there as a performance uh, director from the performance, the SNC side of things and that. Uh, and look, there's an awful lot of volunteers on the ground. There's games managers, GDAs. You know, no, they're obviously covering both hurling and football. But I suppose essentially, it's point. Uh, it starts at trying to get the, I suppose, the standards up within the club and the coaching and the quality of that up in the club. And you know, to try and bring that up then at squad level up to the intercounty, whether it's minors, under twenty ones, and seniors. But like that's that's a very 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 slow process. You know. Um, and I think I was, at, uh, I was at some conference there recently, and I think was it was it the Danish or the Belgium FA that did something uh, you know similar. And I think they were about 20, 20 years before they really brought it to blossom. No, I don't think we get twenty years down here. We pushed me out in a wheelchair or something. But I suppose if we get the foundations laid, we, we can build from there. You're obviously mentioning the issues when you, you were obviously trying to find out what were the biggest issues um, when you, when you stuck, took this over. What were the biggest issues you found, Connor? What were the things that you needed to work on the most? Well, I suppose, you know, some of the clubs, you know, maybe not taking the thing serious enough, I suppose. They're, the issue for Cork has always been, you know, the fact that we're next to Kerry, you know, in the minor championship we would invariably get drawn against Kerry and we would be beaten maybe in, 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 in May. And that never gave us the opportunity to develop players because, you know, it's only from May, if you're fortunate enough to go on from to September, that you can really start developing players. Like the you start that minor project in February, you know, bad weather, all of this. And then if you go to May, that's the production line stop. Like, I mean, if you take... Last year, for example, Kerry beat us, and, and the change in the system was that people could get in the, the back door uh, as beaten uh, finalists and that. So we went in the back door, and, and we won the final after uh, Kerry were beaten by someone else. But, like, you know, we had, you know, Kerry had beat us fairly comprehensively in, in the months of final. But the reality was our players developed to no end in those next number of months, and that's... That's a big issue for us, and you know, uh, the Munster Council made a decision to keep Cork and Kerry apart at minor level. Now that changed this year because of the exceptional circumstances of COVID and that. But I do think you know, getting high quality games on a consistent basis is is very important for Cork at all levels of football. Yeah, and obviously you're saying high level football, but could it be argued as well? Maybe this year having the year in Division Three help bring lads on in terms of confidence and maybe playing a level where they can build up a bit of momentum nearly and win a lot of games? Yeah, look, I suppose there, there's that too. But like, you know, if you're ultimately to get back to where you want and that's, you know, Division 1 and that sort of thing, 
you do need to be, uh, you know, mixing now at this stage at that level and eventually getting out of Division 2 into Division 1. And that's that's the challenge for next year now to to take the next step. Yeah. And next year's going to Division 2, remember, is, is a serious division, is it, with some teams there? We've got Mayo coming down as well as uh, Mead and there's Kildare and Cork themselves coming up. So there's some big, big yeah. games there next year. Yeah, oh, look, it's, it's going to be massively competitive. You know, I, I don't know, I'm hearing different rumours in terms of leagues formats for next year, maybe being on a regional basis or something like that. It's not quite too clear, and I suppose it won't be clear for, for a while until we have this COVID situation uh, under control. Hmm. So that's some of that, Connor, but how much of an issue is hurling um, to, to the football team? I mean, does it, does it have an impact on lads? Obviously, the oh, yeah, the look... Football? I suppose, look, the reality is hurling is still the number one game in, in, in Cork, and I suppose. But, like, that's very strong in particular areas like uh, maybe the, the city and the east. Uh, football would be, I suppose, played uh, throughout the county, maybe not as strong in some areas as others. But uh, it is, and I suppose, invariably, you know, kids will, you'll get more kids playing football then you will hurling because, I don't know, there's some bit of a fear factor in terms of the, the hurling and the physicality of it and that sort of thing. Mm. But, um, but like certainly, uh, I suppose, look, in terms of public support and that sort of thing, historically, hurling has always had that, albeit that, you know, Cork haven't won a hurling All-Ireland now in 15 years, you know, um, which is, is disappointing in itself. But I suppose, you know, football, you know, the fact that, we won a minor, won an under 20, you know, that gives a lot of hope to young lads now who see, look, yeah, if I'm a Cork footballer at whatever level, I can, you know, achieve great things, as well as said. So, so look, that's that's the positive side of it, yeah. Um, but look, I suppose uh, it's, it's you know, it's just, you know, it's like any group getting down together, working hard and everybody working together and, you know, all of those victories that we've had at, at minor and under 20, you know, it's been down to very good management team, very good players, but very good people working on the ground. And we're very fortunate with the people we have working on the ground, people who are working with squads and that. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully we can go uh, from strength to strength on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it's good to see a strong core football team. Um, bring you back, Connor, to your own playing days when you were growing up. Was it always football the number one sport for you? Well, look, uh, you know, as, as a youngster, you know, I, I played a lot of sports. I would have played tennis because we had a local tennis club here. I would have played soccer at a fairly low level, rugby at a, an equally low level, hurling. <laughs> I played a bit, a bit of junior hurling with Cork at one stage and I would have played with the club here. Uh, but I suppose, look, predominantly it was it was football. But I did I did certainly enjoy my hurling because, you know, I... Not that I was any great shakes, but you know, I suppose you were under a lot less pressure. People had an expectation of you when you were playing football, whereas hurling, you know, if you did anything reasonable at all, you'd get a clap in the back. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Did you have much success underage now, even with club and county? No, no. I suppose. Look, I'm I'm, I'm one of these late starters. I I, I never uh, I never played minor with the county. Okay. I remember at the time um, they had regional trials when when I was a minor, and I. Uh, there was one of the guys from the club here, an elderly man who the club was called after, uh, and he said to me, come on away to the trial. So I went down and they were stuck for a goalkeeper. So I went in goals and it was one region against the other. And fortunately that day I was fierce lucky. There was no shot came in at all at all on me. So the, uh, the other goalkeepers were dropped and I was kept. And, and, and that selection then played a kind of a, 
a West Waterford selection and after 20 minutes there was three goals gone in so I got that <laughs> finger call and had to, had to make way so look I suppose the following year I um you know I suppose in my last year under in the my second last year under 21 I would have I would have um, played um I I I didn't make I was in around the panel, but I didn't make the final 20 for the All-Ireland final. Cork played down in that final. But the following year in 1980, we played Dublin in an All-Ireland under-21 final, and we played them down in Nina. And we played, we played a strong Dublin team that time. I mean, they had John O'Leary was in goals, PJ Buckley, Jim Ronan. I think, I, I, I don't know, it was a Barney Rock or Kieran Duff I marked in the final of that. So, like, that was a very good Dublin team. And, uh, look, we were fortunate enough to come out on top that day. And it was in 1981, I'm right in saying your championship debut was against Waterford. Do you remember much of that game? Yeah, uh, well, I, I suppose I remember the regular cornerback was was off at the time, uh, cried off in the morning of the game. So I I, I got my game that day, and, and I was uh, I was a sub for the Munster final in 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 81. But I suppose I, I lost favour as as often happens subs at that stage. So after that Munster final in 1981, uh, I, I I was. You know, when the squad was gathered again in, in September, October League, I had been dropped off it and uh, I never got back on it then until 1984. The divisional team here, which is in McKelly, the East Park region there, I was captain of them. They won the county and I suppose, you know, in 1985 then I got back on the panel. I was actually captain because the division had won the won the uh, the um, the county title and the, and the county champions had the the right to uh, to nominate the captain, and I suppose again I was captain uh, again in '87 because they had won the county in '86, and uh, unfortunately '87 we were beaten in that All Ireland final by Meath, and uh, mm -hmm. we were beaten again by Meath uh, following the replay in '88 and '89. Then we beat Mayo, and uh, 1990 we eventually beat Meath. Yeah, so we mentioned that 89 and 90 there, they were, they were some really good years for Cork and there's a, there's a few months of titles in there as well. Yeah, yeah, look, I suppose, look, those were years when we were kind of pretty dominant over Kerry at that stage. Um, I suppose our first victory was in 80, 87. Uh, we, we drew with him above in, in Parky Keeve, you know, again, we should have won. They got a fierce soft goal and, and we were lucky enough to get down the field and get an equalising point. But in the... Um, in the replay, we went to Killarney and everybody said, look, Chase, yeah, you're, you've missed the boat now. But look, we, we won well in Killarney that day. I think we, we won we won 89, uh, sorry, we won 88, 89, 90, and probably 91 as well, I'd say. You know? So, yeah, look, it was a good time, a uh, good time for Cork. Connor, the demise of that great Kerry team seemed to coincide with you uh, making your return to the county team. No coincidence, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, look... Yeah, look, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that that was a very good Kerry team, and you know, I suppose they were going, they were going, and we were coming, kind of a thing, you know. And I suppose, look, that's the same in clubs. You know, their cycles come through for clubs, whether it's players and a good underage cap coming through. You know, Cork had won quite a lot at under twenty one level around that time. So I suppose, look, in many ways, it was inevitable that we would come. Absolutely, and Kamir, the. A lot's been said and lots rightfully mentioned of 30 years since the court, court did the double. And you already, you already mentioned already that that Mead final was sort of the two best teams of the previous four or five years, really, Mead and Cork going head-to-head. -head. Two serious football teams who could play it any way you want. But 
you playing at six, how much of minding did you have to do of the lads behind you, given the sort of the strength of the, the inside forward, the famous inside forward line that, that Mead had that day? Yeah, look, me, me for uh, an exceptionally strong uh, team that time, and I suppose their inside line, as you rightly said, was very important. So look, we try to you know sit sit back a bit and try and help them out in as much as we can. But at the same time, you know, we all had our own individual battles, and it was it was never easy. It was never pretty. Um, you know, I mean, if people, you know, when I uh, look at it in that time now and I look back and I kind of shiver and shake a bit like at some of the physicality of it like I, I don't think it would go down well today I think we'd have a lot of black and red cards and every <laughs> colour card I'd say Absolutely it's phys- that was a different game different sport back oh, then Oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and like you, you look back with very fond memories like I would remember I've been watching games and that and when you when you're Think about it at the time, it was really high level stuff. It's only when you look back now, you go, oh, it's a bit, you know, whatever, it's different. But at the time, it was, it was, it was groundbreaking almost. You oh, know? It, it was the peak. Look, and I suppose, look, the, I suppose, the, well, the tension between both sides, like kind of captured the public imagination and the physicality of it all and that sort of thing. And look, it was, for most part, fairly honest stuff. Like, you know, you kind of got stuck in and if you didn't, that was your problem kind of a thing. But look, and I suppose at the time, you know, the rivalry was really, really intense. Uh, but, you know, uh, and, uh, but look, as the years went on, you know, all of that has passed. And, you know, you you know, I have some very good friends there now and that, and that meet team, like, you know, and, you know, we would talk to them now and then. And if we meet socially, it's great. And we, we can laugh about it all, which is the way a sport should be. Absolutely. And come here, Connor. back then was there... I'm talking about the, again that sort of era. Was there much in the way of tactics? I sort of only really remember in 1990 that Cahalan picked up O'Rourke, and that was probably a bit the height of the tactics from the outside. On the inside, was there more to it than that, or was it still very much 15 on 15? There wasn't, I suppose. Look, it was kind of a lot of guesses you'd pick markers to mark certain fellas as such, but invariably there wasn't. Like, look, just catch it, get it up there in the general area, and try and give it to a guy with a bit of an advantage. But Certainly not the way we do it today. You know, <laughs> the the IQ would have challenged us now today. I'd say so it would. You know, um, but it seemed like such a tight group of players. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in that 1989 trip over to uh, over to New York. I'd say that was some crack. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, um, I, I look it was, it was seriously tense. Like, I mean, uh, I you know, I remember was it. 88 we were beaten in the 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 final as i said and i remember whatever happened the bus passed uh left crow park with otis and i ended up walking down the road with larry Tompkins. and whatever they thought of me this <laughs> they certainly <laughs> weren't too fond of larry and by god the tirade of abuse that we got like after losing all Ireland, this was the icing on the cake but look it's look it's it's all history now Absolutely. Well, you too. Everyone has a different motivation at a different time. Well, you too, I suppose, well, they're nationalised Corkman now and Fahey and, and Tompkins, but yeah, serious, yeah. serious footballers. Um, oh, yeah. Look. Uh, but there was a bit of controversy around the time, I suppose, if people who... Oh, uh, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, I suppose transfers weren't the way of the thing at that time to that, to that extent. Uh, and I suppose you, you could understand it. And look, I suppose, particularly in the way Larry played, he didn't, 
he didn't invite too many friends, as the fellow said. No, look, he'd give us good as he got. He'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, you'd have to make it made of tough stuff. If you're going to do something as high profile as that, you want to be able to back it up. And oh, those, well, two, those two lads were well able to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. You know, um, and look, they, they fit it in like a glove there, you know, and that's the thing, I suppose, whether it's club or county or whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter where a person comes for as long as they buy into the ideals and the culture of the thing. That's all you want. Yeah, exactly. And it seems to be, because of the famous double, it seems to be, and you were talking about sort of not the, the separation, but obviously the hurling would be number one. But it seemed that those two panels were very close, the hurling and the footballers, um, around that time as well. Yeah, I suppose, look, they knocked a good time out of it, I suppose, and they were together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so I suppose uh, where there was benefits going, they were all getting the same, I suppose, I'll put it that way. To <laughs> yeah, to say, uh, yeah, no, look, it was, it was a good time, so it was. Connor, I'm going to I'm gonna bring you forward to taking the, the senior job with the Cork footballers in 2008. Obviously, there was a bit of awkwardness beforehand because of the strikes with the players uh, when Teddy Holland had originally got the job. That must have put you in an awkward position before taking it. Yeah, well, look, I suppose, look, I suppose um, I, I had been approached around that time about going for the job, but look, then there was an issue with the player, so I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I said, look, I'm stepping back out of this, and, you know, proceedings went on then, and there was appointments made, but look, at the end of it, I think some of those, you know, those appointments were withdrawn, so, you know, I was asked again then as to whether I'd uh, take it on board, and look, um, I suppose, you know, at times I never thought I really wanted it. But look, when the opportunity came, I eventually said, look, yeah, look, uh, I, I, I'll do this. And, you know, I suppose the rest is history. Once you take on the job, then you just move on. Because of, because of the circumstances, did you have any reservations in taking the job? Well, no, because, look, I mean, I, I would have made it quite clear at the outset with the players, you know, that, you know, if I was to do it, I'd be doing it my way and that'd be it. And like, you know, I'd certainly be a player's man from the point of view of, uh, you know, my style of management would be one of, I suppose, consultation and that those guys would be very much part of the solution and finding the solution because, you know, I believe strongly that, you know, you need to have, uh, guys need to take responsibility. They need to develop the process. I'm purely there to facilitate it because at the end of the day, they're the guys walking across the white line they're the guys that are going to have to put it into operation. So, like, you know, certainly from my point of view, I, I just saw myself as a facilitator there. Um, no, at the end of the day, you have to make some some difficult and strong calls. But look, that, that goes with the territory. And, um, you know, but look, I was very fortunate, you know, with the group of players that I, I inherited. You know, they had been through a tough time of it. But, you know, from day one, I sensed that there was something about them in the sense of, you know, as a group, they were so together, they were so focused and everything. They were just a joy to manage, you know, you just just be very, very fortunate. You know, you can be fierce lucky in life and you can come, come on a thing at the right time. You know, there's some great managers, you know, have never managed teams to win All-Ireland and they'd be twice as good at the job as I would, but they just, you know, entered a, a scene at the wrong time. I wouldn't be uh, putting yourself down to that, Connor. One of the top managers around at the time, but come here. It would have been it had been a while since Cork had had got their hands on Sam. A uh, bit of a barren spell, given how rich your tradition is, and um, 
suppose what was the main things you saw that needed changing with the with the football panel? I know you said it, it was a great group of men, but there was obviously some changes were needed. Yeah, well, look, I, I suppose look, I, the, the work ethic would be fierce and important to me. Like that, every fellow once you put him out there, he put in the the graft, and like you know, and when I say that, like most fellas will give you. 90, 95%, like, but it's that up extra 5%, you know, it's, it's might be the corner forward getting into tackle or that sort of thing, or the corner back getting into block down. Those small margins are, you know, what decides, you know, uh, from being All-Ireland champions to being the runners-up or something like that. So, like, it's, it's about that, and I suppose it's about trying to organise and, you know, getting good people around you, people who you can delegate to in terms of having confidence in. I was very fortunate with the backroom team I had, you know, across the board. They were all fully focused and there was no egos there. You know, uh, egos are dangerous things in any setup. And, you know, just fortunate that that group of people, you know, really gel together, work for one another from the guy sweeping out the dressing rooms to the guy kicking the ball over the bar you know, no task was too big or too small for them. Well, that's huge. If you're, if you're able to get buy-in that quick or something you're trying to do with a, with a large group of people, you're really on the, on the road to success. And I suppose after, in year two, you, you'd hit a, you hit an All-Ireland final. You came up against the Kerry team. What was, your, um, what was your viewpoint of the first couple of seconds of that game? I should look, I mean... We, we, we kind of have to move on a bit, like, but look, I look, you, you know, they're, 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 I'm hopeless to remember games and people would talk to me about it. No, look, I, you know, I remember that incident and look, I'd, I'd be disappointed with it. I'd be telling a lie if I said otherwise, like, I, you know, I felt, um, you know, it was, it was on call for, probably wasn't dealt with at the time. And I suppose, you know, maybe referees would say, oh, early in the game and this and that. But look, I suppose I, I look, there's none of us stance. We were all I'll do things at different times. But look, I suppose I have no doubt that if it happened today, like, you know, there'd be red care produced and that sort of thing. But look, that that happened. You you know, we were we we even throughout that, like we started that game very, very well. And uh, you know, all of a sudden then it it turned around a bit and they took took over. But like the reality was we had and, and it was one of, one of the players rang me there last week and I won't name him, nobody rang me. And he said, did you see that last night? He said, what's that? I said, oh, he said that thing on air grid. What was that? He said, the 2009 All-Ireland final. And he said, you know what? He said, Chis, he said, I didn't realise that we were as close as that. Uh, you know, he said that we had it back down to point, he said. And uh, Paddy kicked me in a ball, he said, and I went to turn uh, and I went to kick it with me left and I got blocked down, he said. And he said, down the field, and he got a point. He said, like, no, I don't think that it did him any good to go back looking at it. But look, uh, look, uh, you know, maybe maybe with a bit of luck, we, we might have snuck that one. But look, again, Kelly, we're a very, very strong team that time. Like, you know, really, you know, really talented team. And again, you know, at another time, if it was another team, you know, that's, that's the thing again about All-Ireland. You can be lucky at times in terms of the standard of the team you play. And then shortly afterwards, roll on 2010. Like it's very, you often find teams find it difficult to get back-to-back finals. Uh, you did, you managed it again. And then you, you you got over the line against a, 
a seriously talented down team. Geez, they were they were fabulous footballers. Yeah, and I, and I suppose look, if I were to be honest, we probably didn't play particularly well, or maybe weren't allowed to play well in the day. You know, I felt there was a lot of pressure coming on us coming into that final because the team had had been you know around even pre my time and hadn't delivered. And I suppose that that was massive pressure on players. But look, at the end of the day, you know, we we did enough to get over the line. And, you know, look, it's it's just fantastic because I said, you know, a group of players like that to go through so much hardship and, and, and what have you, and maybe to end up with no All-Ireland medal, like so many others would have been, you know, I felt a big injustice to them. You must have picked up a serious amount of resilience from that semi-final because in parts of that against Dublin, you looked dead and buried. You were not you were four points down, I believe, going down the stretch and dug it out of the fire with a penalty and some a free and a, some good points taken at the end. Yeah, I I I I have a bit of a, a thing about that, like in terms of yes, you know, we would have had tremendous resolve and and, and you know I suppose other teams that, you know, if you look at other sports like Man United and that, you know, in the good old days, and they weren't good days for me, no, because I wouldn't be a fan, I'd be a Liverpool man myself. Good but man yourself, I, good man. <laughs> so, but like, I suppose they always tended to get that last minute goal whenever they can. And I, you look, I think there's two factors that they obviously had fierce, strong resolve and that sort of thing. But I think there was also a fear amongst other teams that, Oh gee, yeah, these could have won this and won that, and you know, at that time we had won the leagues uh, in 2000. We had won in my first year with Division Two, then we and like people knew we were coming, but like you know, Dublin probably could have shut the door on us that day, and maybe should have, but we just had that bit of resolve, you know. So I, all I'm saying is, there's two sides to that story, is you know, they, they gave us the gap and we took it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and come here, was it? Would you prefer to play Kerry in the final and get a bit of revenge, or did it? No, it didn't make it matter a jot. We're not ones for revenge at all, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, we will skip that one, so we will. <laughs> chomping at the bit, I'd say. Chomping. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the choice, but so it is. Kind of, there was always a bit of pressure and maybe a little bit of criticism when you were managing the core team, I suppose, because they were just such a talented group. I mean, how how much did that affect you and the players, or how did you deal with it? Sure, I suppose. Look at that level of sport. Nowadays, more than ever, you're you're always you know ridiculed in terms of results, and 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 people are very volatile, and 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 what they say and what they don't say, and look. You have to have a fairly thick skin to kind of put up with it. And in most cases, you know, I know in my own case now, I probably wouldn't know uh, 100 of what was said in terms of the negative about me because, you know, I just wouldn't engage with it in terms of media or that. I wouldn't read it. So it, it wouldn't it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't wouldn't bother me to that extent. But look, I do look on now and I see, you know, what people, you know, say and, and print and the media and you know, to say I'd be disappointed would be an understatement. And I see a lot of our former players, you know, coming out and ridiculing, you know, players and managers. And some of them have managed nothing, done nothing. And, you know, I think it's it's the way of the media today. If you're not controversial, if you're not, you know, cutting or having a go at someone, then, you know, um, you lose your job. 
And, you know, if that's the price of the job, let's keep it. Mm. It seems to be a culture coming in, like from Twitter and stuff. It's like almost like a Premier League culture where you, you lose a couple of your games, even like in a league campaign, and they're saying, oh, the manager should go. Like, that's not really the way the GA works at all, is it? Oh, but he, but he is, it is going around to that, like, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. at club level, it's happening. And, you know, like the bulk of these guys are volunteers giving it their own time. You know, they have families, they have a whole pile of other responsibilities. We're very fortunate, you know, that we have so many good people who are putting themselves forward for these jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And did you enjoy the job, Connor? Like, would you have enjoyed being oh, there? Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. Look, as I said, you know, very fortunate with the group of players I had, group of backroom, you know, I suppose we'd be still quite friendly, like, you know, um, we would have been due our 10 years anniversary, didn't happen because of COVID and that sort of thing, but yeah, look, I'd be in contact with, with quite a few of them, you know, on and off there during the course of the year, some were involved there in terms of Cork football at the minute and helping out with development squad level. But look, yeah, look, we, we, we'd certainly keep a good bit of contact. Uh, obviously, after the 2010 final, you stayed on a couple of years after that. Were you tempted to leave after winning the All-Ireland and just calling it quits then? Look, I suppose you, you're, you're always tempted, like, uh, but I suppose, you know, at the same time, you know, you felt you had a good squad of players there. You felt maybe there was the opportunity to go further in that setting. And I suppose, look, we were, you know, probably lost a few injuries there uh, in 2011. I think it was a Daniel Gould and Colin Manila, about three, three fellas. Um, you know, just, I suppose, never, never, uh, never reached the heights again. And, and I suppose I always remember some guy texting me one time, uh, after we had been beaten the following year in 2011, he said getting to the top of the mountain was the easy part. Uh, staying there was the hard part, you know. But look, look, that sport, look, we were very fortunate in terms of the what we did achieve. And you could spend your life baiting yourself up in terms of what might have been. But look, that's, you know, in any walk of life, whether it's your working life or your personal life, you know, you can't, you can't carry baggage like that, like. In the years after that, 2010, you, you met two juggernauts in Jim McGuinness at Donegal and Jim Gavin's Dublin. So, wasn't yeah. it, the competition was tough anyway? <laughs> I look absolutely, absolutely, and you know, Jim McGuinness kind of changed the face of, of football, as the fellow said, in terms of tactically, and and you have to acknowledge him for that. You know, it mightn't have been pretty, but people wanted. But look, it 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 got results, and I suppose look, Dublin is is just a whole new other story now. One which we're getting a small bit fed up of, even at this stage, you know. But look, again, you'd have to compliment Dublin, you know, and particularly, you know, whether it's Jim and it's over to new management now, but like, you know, how they have kept that thing, um, you know, on such an even keel and that's sort of thing. It's, 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 it's an exceptional job, you know, their players stand out in terms of the humility of them. None of them seem to get carried away with the thing. I don't know what kind of water they're drinking, but it's, it's different to the rest of the country anyway. I'm not drinking it either anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Connor, um, I don't know if you saw Ray Canellan penned an open letter uh, yesterday, I think it was, around the Leinster Football Championship, obviously him being a, a Westmead footballer and would have played AFL as well. I yeah. don't know if you got a look up. Um, did you, any thoughts on it? Oh, didn't see it, didn't see it, no, Ross, sorry. 
It's basically, uh, it's basically outlined how the Leinster Championship is, is basically dead. And now he, he wasn't scathing Dublin whatsoever. He was yeah. very much complimenting them, uh, saying, you know, okay, they might have got a few quid, but what they did with it was brilliant. You know what I mean? They built it from the ground up. And now what he's basically calling for now is that those resources that are be, there were or are being funded in Dublin, that they should be you know, outsourced out, if not to Leinster, well, certainly to the rest of the counties on an, on an even keel, saying that Dublin are now sustainable as a, as a team due to their size, really. Is that something you yeah. would see the GA being able to do as regards uh, outsourcing their resources? Yeah, well, look, I suppose the reality is, I mean, it's probably not as straightforward as that in, in the sense Dublin have X amount of funding now, the GA are committed to that. I, I doubt very much at this particular time the GA have additional resources given what COVID has happened. But look, I suppose the reality is, you know, the financial gap between the different teams and the different divisions, something must be done to, um, how will I say, um, bridge that gap. And, um, you know, and that's where, where counties are putting in an effort because look, I've seen some of the lower stuff in in some some counties, and I just wonder whether they should be in the competition or not. And why would you give them some of them? And that's only a small number. Why would you give any of them fifty thousand extra when you know they're showing little or no interest? You know, are are there 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 are clubs or groups of people in that county trying to push? The, we'll say the football side of it in some cases and might be the hurling in other and you know the boards are, are the clubs are working against them I mean the reality is the GA is an organisation that should be promoting both games but now you know we talk about club versus county in some cases it's hurling versus football and you know I mean I, I think there's, there's a view that I have that you know clubs should be funded by what they're promoting and they should be promoting both codes equally. You know, um, it's it's shameful. Like depending on where you're born, you know, if that club is totally football, you don't get to play hurling. You know, that's that shouldn't shouldn't be the case, or or vice versa. You know, so um, yeah, no, look, certainly, I think they need to look at their funding mechanisms, and they need to look at factors in terms of population, and then you know what other. Issues are going like you know I, I I look at you know travel expenses which is for Cork is quite a massive uh, thing in terms of uh, part of the board's expenditure. Whereas Dublin, I mean most of you guys get around there on a push bike or something from over the Parnell Park or wherever you go to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but no, but like seriously, you know those 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 type of things, you know. Um, that, that needs to be addressed all right to try and balance it a bit yeah and it's one point that i suppose a debate i was having locally here around that was if you were to give and you, you i think you touched on it perfectly there certain county boards an allocation of money would they even spend it right you know what i mean because we all know certain county boards who just aren't run correctly or are like you said have a focus elsewhere or you know whereas certain counties who get it right they the right people for the job they said yeah. This fella's good at accounting, we'll put him as the accountant. This fella's good with people, we'll put him as, you know, and it's right man, right job, right vision, and they're all in the same. But we all know plenty of county boards, Connor, who are just there, there for the, the, the free tea and the free tickets. Yeah, I will look, 
you know, people have to be accountable. And I think, you know, if Cor Park are giving out money to people, then they need clearly, you know, they need to, you know, things need to be transparent. And as you said, it's it's the right people getting the right job or whatever it is. And, you know, that way it's, it's better. But look, yeah, look, there have been issues. But look, I suppose the reality is there's an awful lot of good work goes on within the GA uh, across the whole country as well. And we, we sometimes aren't our greatest in terms of maybe, you know, pushing that forward as opposed to our bad stories. And we, we've had some difficult stories too, but like by and large, what's being done positively and, and more especially in these COVID times, you know, trying to keep youngsters going, pitches open, walkways open, you know, keeping the mental health of people, you know, it's it's just just massive. And I suppose as an organisation, you know, in terms of trying to keep kids active, look, we're very limited at the minute, level five, but, you know, during level three and that, you know, it was a great source of outdoor activity for kids. And, you know, the fact that they weren't in school and they were home, you know, they needed it then more than they ever needed. And, and we're fulfilling a role now that's far more important than was ever envisaged from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to change subject slightly, a manager you would have pitted your wits against a few times is Mickey Hart. Obviously had a storied career up in Tyrone. Confirmed this evening as having taken up a three-year post with Loud. Surprising that one, isn't it, Connor? Jeez, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. But, uh, you know, I suppose, uh, yeah, look, I suppose it's been a way of life for Mickey for so long. Uh, you know, I suppose he's, you know, he likes a, a, a fresh challenge and that. And sure, look, uh, you'd you'd wish him all the best. And and uh, I suppose you know, a guy with that type of experience doesn't come around too often. And uh, I suppose the geography works, as the fella said. So it does. You can't, you can't. Yeah, what a career! You, you just hope that he'd be able to bring. It's a it's not like make a bear effect every time he went to another county. He just brought people with him. You know what I mean? He raised the bar, raised the enthusiasm of the people of the county, you know? Yeah, and look, the GA needs that. Like, guys at that level of experience that, you know, if they can give something back, you know, why not? Like, uh, I mean, loud are very fortunate. I have no doubt Mickey will be passionate about it. But, uh, and, you know, but I suppose the other thing I would say in relation to some of those smaller counties that are making massive efforts and massive strides, is that there's some exceptional people in charge there. Like, if you're lucky to be in charge of a top four team, you have reasonable quality available to you. Like, you go down to some of those lower regions, you don't have the quality. And, like, you're trying to develop a culture and a, a playing system that's totally foreign to them and a commitment that's required. And, and like, some guys have done that and done it exceptionally well. Now, they might get from Division 4 to Division 3 or uh, maybe something they do, but, like, that's as significant as some guys that are winning all Ireland's, you know, every second year kind of a thing. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 all about the group that you have at your at your disposal. Would you be ever tempted to go back, Connor, to management? No, 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 no. I happy happy <laughs> out now. Happy out. <laughs> have you a job there for me in Ballyboard? Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Junior, me, they're looking for someone. <laughs> Interview this. Kind <laughs> uh, of the last one for me, and I'd like to ask: Is the best player you played with over your time playing, and the best player against? The best player playing with? Oh, jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'd have played with with a lot of with, with a lot. Fortunate enough to have played with a lot of them, you know, Larry Tompkins, Niall Callan, Teddy McCarthy, Stephen O'Brien. 
I'd hate to put me, put me pin to paper on one of them, do you know. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> um, in terms of, of those those I marked on, jeez, I got so many roastings now that it's it's <laughs> just, just a bit embarrassing. Like um, Greg Blaney, you know, was 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 a tough opponent. Like um, Ogie Morn was another, you know. Um, Larry Tompkins was too one day above and killed the air in my early years, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. But uh, but no, I know. Look, look, as I said, you know, um, some of the meat lads there now, Joker says and fellas like that. Everyone that challenge you and did all challenge you in a different way. Yeah, well said, uh, Connor Coonan. Thanks for coming on. No problem, lads. Take care. All the best. Cheers. Thanks, Connor.